0: Our first scripture reading today comes from the book of Isaiah, verses 1 through 9. Listen for the word of God. All of you who are thirst, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Listen and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Look, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader, and a commander for the peoples. Look, you shall call nations that do not that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you, because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, who has glorified you. Seek the Lord while the Lord may be found. Call upon the Lord while the Lord is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that the Lord may have mercy on them. And to our God, for our God will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The second scripture today comes from Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. Listen for the word of God. O God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. When I think of you on my bed and I meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you Your right hand upholds me. Thus endeth the reading.
1: If you take everything you have been taught about Jesus and you take it to the side and you read the Gospel of Mark without any preconceived notions, you will think that Jesus missed his calling. He should have been a caterer. Jesus was always feeding people. We dine together. How many of you dine with friends because that's the way you show your love? How many of you like to cook? Those of you who cook, I know Ann Wood. if She was here. Ann Wood was one of those people that only had a kitchen because it came with the house. But for those of you that actually do enjoy cooking, how many of you What cooking is an act of love? The Scripture is you who are hungry, come to the feast. You who have no money, come and buy good wine, good bread, good food. You who have nothing, come, come, come and eat, partake in this feast. The whole idea of God is this banquet where everyone is welcome, where everyone is called, where everyone has a seat at the table, whether someone thinks you should be there or not. Dining is primal. Feasting is joyful. Jesus' first miracle in the Gospel of John is turning somewhere between 120 and 180 gallons of water into wine. This is not a man who is into temperance. This is about abundance. This is about celebration. This is about unmitigated and unapologetic joy. You who have no money, come to the table, this table, and feast. Why do you spend your money for that which is not food? Why do you spend your money for that which does not satisfy? These two passages, Isaiah and the psalm, are passages of longing. They are passages of yearning. The psalmist says, you know, I yearn for you, O God. I reach for you. I want you. My soul yearns for you more than even good food, even the food that Isaiah talked about. I yearn for that. If you look at the end of the psalm, it says, I cling to you. So the psalmist is saying, even in the sense of yearning, even in the sense that God is far away, God is still the one who we cling to. There is a story uh, by, it's a Sufi story, it's, it's not by Hafiz, who's the other, Rumi. Rumi tells this story about a man who is praying all night. He's on his knees all night, and he's praying, Oh God, I need you. I want you. Where are you? I need to feel you in my presence. And during the night, the, uh, the tempter, and actually one of the words for, for Satan is the accuser, which I love. The accuser says, So, where is this God of yours that you pray to so fervently seems like that god is not here what a surprise and the man continues to pray and all night long and by the by the morning his knees ache and he just feels utterly bereft and then he hears in the back of his mind your yearning for me is my presence Your desire for me is me being with you. Even as you cling for me, even as you reach for me, that instinct to reach is my presence within you. There is nowhere you can go. You may feel, we may feel abandoned, and if you haven't felt abandoned, you have not paid attention to your life. But we have all, at one time or another, felt that why am I walking this road alone? Haven't I always done what I'm supposed to do? And God says your yearning and your despair is my presence. I'm going to talk about Sherman. I have to. I hope this is okay. Sherm was one of those people who you would call a non traditional churchgoer. Yeah, you can laugh at that. That's meant to be funny. He did not believe the things that churchgoers are supposed to believe. He believed in the Dodgers. He believed in the power of baseball. He believed in, in the community, but he didn't, you know, the other stuff was like, eh, it's not my thing. Sherm had no church currency, no church money, if you will, when he came here. And yet it was like, you who are without no money, let's talk baseball. Let's talk Dodgers. Let's talk about these things that you're interested in. And the funny thing Mary tells is that even when she would wake up and wonder, I don't know if I want to go to church, because when they got married, she said, I'm a church-going woman, I'm going to be going to church, I'd love it if you came too. There were a lot of times when Sherm said, we're going to church, right? This was a place where Sherm tasted the banquet. This was a place that Sherm touch something that he couldn't wrap his head around he knew the reality of that feast but he just couldn't get it here and ultimately that's okay the brain is a highly overrated organ our brain keeps us sometimes from embracing things that the heart tells us are true The Bard says, there are more realities in heaven and earth than are accountable by your philosophies. Shakespeare understood this well. We have grown up with an understanding of God. I did. I grew up with an understanding of God. God was this white old man with a long beard and and flowing, and he was in the clouds, and there there were angels with harps around. And, you know, heaven, quite frankly, just seemed like it would be immensely boring. But that was the understanding of God. And it's like, I feel really close to God, but that image don't work for me. That image doesn't work. I mean, I know that God is in my life. But that image of God doesn't work. And there are so many people who feel like they come to these churches, they come to the synagogues, they come to the mosque, and it's like if you don't have this understanding of God, you're not welcome at the banquet. And that's just wrong. That's just foolishness. That's just small-mindedness. God is, I love this book, it's called, Your God is Too Small. One of my favorite quotes is we are all spiritual kindergartners running around trying to spell God with the wrong blocks. We like our blocks, these are my blocks, I know how to spell God with my blocks, and don't you take my blocks. And your blocks, I don't know what they spell, but they don't spell God. Really? They don't? Are you sure? God is bigger than any image we could have. Spirit is deeper than any well we can fathom. The invitation to come to the table is an invitation to all. It's an invitation anytime. And you don't have to have the right ideas. You don't have to have the right ideology, the right you know, you don't have to be from the right political party. You know, it doesn't matter. God invites us all. And that yearning that we have, and Sherm had a yearning, brought him here and wrapped him in a fellowship that he'd never experienced before. He experienced a fellowship which we call the body of Christ, which he wouldn't like that, but we call it the body of Christ. He experienced that here. And can't we say for Sherm, That's your holy? Isn't that okay? Can't we say to others, your idea of the holy is different and rock on? Um, I like Native American traditions, and uh, uh, a European Christian was talking to a Lakota man about Jesus, and he was talking about how Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan, and, and Jesus came out of the water, and, and Jesus saw uh, the Holy Spirit descend like a dove, and, and, and the Native American said, oh, Jesus was a bird dreamer. Cool. We like bird dreamers. Bird dreamers are important people in our tribes. And the missionary was like, no, 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 you don't get it. No, no, no. It's like, shut up. Just shut up. Let him understand who Jesus is through the way that Spirit speaks. Come to the table, all of you. Come without money, come without cost, come with no reservation. Come, because that is what God invites us to do. And if we can be that inviting, welcoming, receiving, grace-filled place where people can worry more about the Dodgers than they can about other things, and that's okay, then we can remain who we are, the body of Christ as we wrap each one of us in Christian holy love. Amen.